transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. shit it's happening talking about uh dave Chappelle before we started recording got me thinking of uh you know the title of the movie and in half baked uh you know there's the infamous scene (laughs) with the uh um with the with the horse you know pop 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 (laughs) (laughs) trying to feed him popcorn oh my god dude that fucking like the amount of junk food that that horse consumed (laughs) this horse is a diabetic (laughs) so classic i just love it like i love that that was like you know in the in the writing process they're just like okay Let's make the horse a diabetic. So random. <laughs> it's yeah. so random, but so fucking. Like that's good. how the character lands in jail. It's the most ridiculous <laughs> shit. Once you like think about it. <laughs> murdered a police horse <laughs> with <laughs> snacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. Uh, well, we are here with episode fifty-one, man. Yeah, 51. it's been it's been a little while. There's a little bit of a, a, uh, a recording pause. That, you know, but it happens. it happens. Life happens. You know, teeth get ripped out of one's head and, you know, they, sometimes talking hurts. So you have to kind of hold off a bit. I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's a good point. It, it, it was, my face was pretty swollen for a bit. I listen, I'm just going to say this, not that this is what the podcast is about, but don't wait till your mid thirties to get your wisdom teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just it's kind of recent. wild to think about. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, I was reading, like, you know, like, uh, I got my, like, a, my row of, like, front teeth on my bottom. They're kind of squished together looking. Okay. And I know I was reading that, like, that's actually one of the first, like, issues that rises up when you have your wisdom teeth going into your late 30s and, like, 40s and stuff. Like, it's like your front teeth start, you know, colliding with each yeah, other because everything's getting pushed. And I was Love like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Either way, though, you know, hey, less, better late than never. Yeah, I'm very fucking grateful to have gotten it done. Uh, yeah, I'm also very grateful for uh, for this fucking this movie, the popcorn. Dude, it's a nice like it's a yeah. You just it's kind of one of those movies that just gets glossed over. Um, yeah, and it you know it came out in '91, but it it just feels so much like an '80s movie that I don't know. It's just it. it it really yeah, does. It really does feel like an eighties movie. And I mean like 91, you know, right, right or off the cusp, but, but you know, I was, one of the things I was reading about was that, you know, like, like 91 was the first year I, uh, that like a horror movie won at the Oscars silence of the lambs won an award that year. And, wow. and so like, you know, kind of helped solidify like, that horror was hopefully going to go places. But then you also yeah. have like movies like this, where it's like, yeah, it's kind of on the opposite end of like a artsy, like, you know, well, right. Like well done movie. Like the, I, I personally love so many aspects of this, of this movie, yeah. popcorn, but you're right. Like when it, you, you found, I think Fitz, you found it on shutter and it was just like, I hadn't, well, I had never heard of it. And I was just, um, I don't know. Like when I read the synopsis, I was immediately like into the idea, though. 
Yeah, I've been wanting to watch it for a while. Um, it's just like one of those movies that, uh, you know, I'll often find myself just like going down a rabbit hole of uh, just reading about like new horror movies coming out or like lists of horror movies. And it's always like a movie that every couple of months, like I'll see the um, cover and be like, dude, I need to check that out and just haven't got around to it. So when it, you know, a lot of the times things will just like randomly pop up on Shutter, and it's always a nice surprise. Like the Prowler just popped up. Uh, oh, on, you know shit. what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Popcorn. It's really interesting. Uh, everything about it is just kind of like a unique. Like s- some parts of it are maybe a little cliche, but like the whole uh, um, killer with all you know the killer's backstory and all the different. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you different uh god damn it there's um, some unique like death scenes and stuff in yeah here. there's some awesome you death know. scenes the 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 killer being able to switch his look and you know what i mean it's just yeah. a really cool cool uh some awesome practical effects well and uh, it kind of gives you this interesting it's not like a full twist but there's like a little bit of like you know you think that the movie's kind of right in one direction right off the bat and and then right. it kind of ends up like take like it's sort of around the idea that you think but it it, it has a bit of a twist not a full Shyamalan but no, know. no. oh my god yeah, no. <laughs> uh, oh that's just like a fucking like a word now you know what I mean to describe the you know, he wasn't the first he wasn't the first to you know necessarily develop a twist obviously so you think of some of the great like twist endings in movies like april fool's day is one that yeah. doesn't get talked about enough it's one of those like holy fuck you never saw that coming uh endings yeah you know obviously he didn't create it but you know he definitely uh um well it's had like, a panache for it you know what i mean yeah oh for sure you know yeah it's like uh he you know in at least in like the modern more modern mm-hmm. uh, like memory like he was the one that like really kind of like nailed it a few times in a well, row and so it just kind of became associated you know especially that first time you watch six Sense, and you're just like damn you know what i mean yeah i mean even even i, I remember the, like even having heard what the twist was we we're still and seeing it it was and, still good and yeah. it yeah and you're still just like it fucking gets you like you're sucked mm-hmm. in in one direction so hard in that movie well and then it's like and then it's also like where you watch it again and you try to like look for the clues you know yeah. what i mean yeah and, and so i don't know it makes it like twists make movies more fun on multiple or multiple totally. layers i think you know um but with like with popcorn here you kind of like you kind of uh oh you, that's what i mean where it's like you open up with sort of like that that scene with the main character maggie and she's sort of you know it's like sleeping but then you kind of go into like the dream world you know what she's dreaming about or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like it has, this is one of those things like right off the bat, it kind of has that 80s sort of feel where it's like, you know, she's dreaming about this, like, I don't know, little girl running away from like all like, you know, flames at one point. And then there's like a, you know, she interacts with like this hairy, like wild looking fucking dude who like, yeah, <laughs> has like a, like a weird knife, like an like, Alibaba type. Yeah, like, yeah uh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> like wavy uh, dagger, like. I guess that's how I'd explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you're immediately like, like almost like right off the bat, I was like, okay, so maybe there's like some supernatural shit happening right now, you know? And like, 
uh, you know, but then you, then you like, wait, like she wakes up and you kind of like, it's, she's like scripting like a movie or something. And so yeah. she starts like talking into like a voice recorder, like describing what she was just dreaming or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you, she's kind of pulling like a Stephen King and using her, uh, dreams and nightmares to, um, help with a movie idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's kind then, of interesting. Yeah, and so so like the character that plays Maggie, you know, she's pretty right. You, you, someone that looks familiar, but you know, she was in like uh, the Stepfather, uh, oh, an adaptation yeah. of Phantom of the Opera. So she's been in some shit. But then you know, you get introduced to her mom, and you know, it's Dee Wallace, who uh, is definitely like she's more of like a like a and uh, how would I put this? She like. She's a scream queen, but she's more of like a scream, like, because uh, when you think of a scream queen, you think of a younger generation, like a, um, yeah, like a Neve Campbell or, uh, you know, so she's a little bit older. So she's like a scream, like grandma. And I say that in like an endearing quality. Yeah. I mean, she was like E.T., Cujo, uh, Critters. She's in a bunch of shit. Listening to eyes. D. Wallace talk about like the experience of filming Cujo is mm. wild, man. Like, cause I never realized how intense that dude. filming must have been. But like she, yeah. Like she's been you're right, dude. Like she's she's uh D. Wallace is is an icon in horror. hundred percent. You know what I mean? hundred percent. But yeah, and, Cujo, dude, that that movie is nuts, man. Yeah. Like he King has come up with a lot of, you know, awesome supernatural and but like just a movie about a fucking rabid dog and for it to be that terrifying you know yeah it's, it's i mean he obviously didn't direct the movie but i'm just saying it was based off of his work uh yeah anyway yeah d wallace is awesome yeah and she yeah so she when she pops up as uh as maggie's mom it's kind of yeah yeah it's, it's pretty sweet it's always sweet she, to like, see her she quickly gets this uh, like random phone call um, and the person on the phone and she gets like another one later, but the, she gets this phone call and the person on the phone is talking about how, uh, the ninth circle of hell is reserved for, and then you don't hear, you know, you just, she, 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 she likens it up to a prank at this point and, and doesn't think anything of it. Um, so, yeah. which is you know, like a we, really, really like, I mean, it's like a, the voice is all like, this is the ninth, this is the ninth circuit of hell. It's like all gruff and like gnarly look at gnarly sounding. She has, does she, I can't remember. Does she just hang up on it? Like she's probably just like, yeah, this okay. time she does. <laughs> yeah. Probably just like, what the fuck? You know, we follow, we, you know, we follow Maggie who, um, is it, you know, I, I, I forgot to write down the name of the college, but she, um, She's going to school and she gets to school and she kind of gets bombarded by her boyfriend, Mark, who basically essentially, um, you know, basically kind of tells her, you know, like either like we're going to fuck or I'm going to leave you like and uh, yeah, you know, essentially he's like, I need you now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like mid morning. He runs up to her like, like, I need you now. Let's go back to my place. Like, you don't know what you do to me. Like, yeah. do, do guys think that shit works? You know what I mean? I, like, I really like. Yeah, it's like it's like I've never approached a, like a woman being like, I know that you think you need me to dick you down right now. Okay, yeah. like, because like well, that, that'll happen a lot in the movie so where the arrogant. guy, will, where the guy will kind of be like you know what you're doing to me you like you know what i mean like this can't go on much longer like jesus <laughs> christ 
it's just creepy. <laughs> it is, so. and like and like you said, like Mark here is just sort of like he gave, almost gives her like this ultimatum where he's like, you know, like we either f- like fuck basically like you know soon or I'm just gonna fuck you know or I'm out I'm, yeah. I'm out like and it's like uh, okay yeah. <laughs> she's you know she kind of talks about how she's you know. uh busy with writing this movie and you know school and we and then we follow up more of that because we you know she's part of like the drama department or the, the film department actually yeah. um and we kind of we we don't learn a lot of their names yet but we get introduced to a main chunk of uh the cast here with bud cheryl tina toby leon mr davis and um they talk about how you know um their film department at the school kind of doesn't have that big of a budget and they're trying to come up with ways uh to raise some money and um mr davis and tope more so toby comes up with this idea to have like a uh an all-night horror-thon um complete with three movies that they specifically made for this movie and it's they're they're, it's pretty cool these movies within a movie um because we got mosquito uh, attack of the electrified man and stench and each of them have like like a 60s or 70s um like a uh, gag associated with them that would actually happen in theaters. Like, yeah, I, I forget Aroma, the first. There's like one of them was like Aroma Vision, or, or, yeah. or it was like a well, no, there's like Spectrovision, like Aroma. There's one with like a Stencho meter or something like that. Yeah, where like, you have like a plug on your nose. But I, I wish I could remember the name of the movie, but there was a movie that came out where. Um, they did have like the electrified chairs like that in the in the uh, theater that would give you like a mild uh, like it wouldn't shock you but it would be like you know what I yeah, mean to make you yeah. pop up and the, it was kind of like around that t- uh, you know in the sixties and seventies you know it started with three D and then they were trying to do more four D stuff and you know it never really picked up but you know they they talk about how they're going to recreate that um, uh, you know what I mean, and this is their yeah. this is their plot to raise some money for the film department, and we and it's kind it's of a, established. It's a really cool idea, honestly. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. It's kind of it kind of seems like Toby's kind of uh, you know like a horror nerd potentially. Yeah, because um, he's the one that's you know it's really his brainchild, and he's the one that's most uh, excited about this. Because um, one character even makes a joke about, oh, we should you know have a do a play or the guy bud the guy that's in the wheelchair makes some cheesy joke about doing a play but they ultimately decide to follow through with uh toby and mr davis's idea yeah and i mean like there's a you know just shout outs to the one the local the local theater here in olympia they do once a year they do something called all freaking night where it's Mm. it's just that it's like an all night horror movie fest what Uh, yeah. And they, so, they, you know, they, they like, you know, but, but ahead of tickets, they announce like the movie lineup and it's different every year and everything. And it's, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it, it, yeah. It's like, I just love that idea of like, you know, the all night. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 It's usually in the fall down over here. Uh, but. Uh. Speaking of theaters really quick, I'm, I'm hoping it comes to Spokane, but like, uh, you know, every, every now and then when you go to a movie and you like get there early and you see, uh, watching the preview, sometimes there's like this, uh, it's called like fathom events where oh, yeah. like, uh, the thing 
Thing is coming back to select theaters for its 40th anniversary, and I'm like, holy fuck, I got to see that in theaters. Dude, same. I saw I saw that it was going to be floating flowing through the theater, and I was like, holy shit, I need to see if it's going to be screened over here or something yeah, because dude. it would be so cool to see that movie in a theater. Hell yes, it would. Oh my god, dude. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. so so in popcorn, they they find like the the film group. Uh, they find themselves at a theater, and it's uh, the Dreamland. Yeah, the Dreamland, and it's a dope old movie theater. But it, you know, they preface it as like, like it's you know they're renting it out for this event, and but after they're done renting it out, it's like getting renovated or demolished or whatever. Yeah, uh, and which is such a shame. A beautiful theater like that, but you also in this, you know, you get introduced to Doctor M. Yeah. In this sequence, who brings in all this cool gear? I can't pronounce his last name, um, Doctor Masinanine or whatever. But uh, yeah. do, you re- do you recognize him? I, I recognize his face, but like I, he's like you know he's a like a he, I, I couldn't he plays name a bunch of shit, but like he I, most people would recognize him as play as uh, he played Doctor Hand. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Mister Hand, the teacher in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh uh, you know, yeah, Macaulay's hates- teacher, where he comes in with the fucking pizza and he. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a quick bit role, but he's brilliant in this role. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like he, he just uh, he's he's just like this, you know, uh, cinema aficionado who yeah. like who ha- brings in all this like sweet, all these sweet props and like yeah, like he- gear to make this like move the theater like seem fucking crazy spooky and shit like yeah yeah he apparently owns a movie memorabilia shop um and he also has this great like monologue where he waxes like nostalgic about how theaters used to be before the the multiplexes and the gook omniplexes you know <laughs> yeah. and it was just one theater and we just put butts in the seats and has this great like where it's like a really we don't think about that because like when we were like when we were kids like that's just how it was you know what i mean like yeah uh i mean some i guess like you know maybe you'd have like two or three but we, you know what i mean we were we always grew up where there was multiple when you went to the theaters there was multiple fucking yeah things well, like, it wasn't just one flick you know yeah like ba- like back in wenatchee like they would always have at the liberty cinema which like they would always have i think there was like four to five movies and then they expanded into having like six movies there and right. like you know, then even during that time, you could go to like if you were in Seattle, they, that you'd find like multi, you know, those ten screen multiplexes. There's so many big, huge like spots, and and you know, it is sort of like that's one of the things I loved about this movie was that it was centered at this place that has like so much character. You know what I mean? And it's like it's something that like I always loved about a theater. It was like, yeah, you know, you know, like and again, I guess shout out to the Liberty. Like even that cinema with its you know like handful of screens, it had so much character because it was like an old movie theater. Well, and and so much so when you're when you're younger because it's like an event you know yeah, what I mean? like, dude going to the movies so, was a whole thing man like it really was oh yeah it was an ex- yeah it's I, still, I, like it still yeah. can be like there's this anything like i went to a couple of movies recently and they they play this kind of cheesy it's like uh nicole kidman um talks about how uh you know magical the movies are but it's kind of true you know what i mean it really is an escape and it's just a a good time and that's what going to a movie should be like so yeah well and you know 
not to get too in the weeds, but like, uh, you know, it's, it's the one of the, it's, it is one of those huge things where it's like you're streaming and like the way movies come out online now right. has so like, it's like for people that have like kind of been alive since streaming has all has been, a, been around. It's mm-hmm. sort of, it's, I think it's sucked away the magic of that experience of going to the theater being ensconced in that like you know dark room with the and everything and like yeah you know when when that was the only way to experience new movies and to like experience things like like that was why it was i don't know you got you you got you looked forward to it so much whereas like that's a good point i I yeah i think i don't know i think it's like people want it to be convenient now and it's like but you you should make it an experience and not just look for convenience in in that well and that's like I remember, like, uh, you know, drive-ins, for example. Oh, like, my God. They're so the rare. Drive-in. Like, are, are we going to – and the, going to a drive-in was an event in itself, but it's like seeing the decline of that, like, is there going to be a day where we're not going to theaters anymore because literally, you know, everything is just fucking streamed straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. That'd be sad. It really would, man. Like, the yeah, I'm, I'm – to this day, I still don't understand – the the fall of the drive-in you know what i mean like because it 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 was like you just said it it, like that to me was like one of the ultimate movie experiences like Uh, packing uh. up a truck bed or whatever you could with like some pillows and blankets like getting some fucking snacks like getting a few a few people and just staying up as late as you can to watch that double feature and like you know being amongst that like I don't know in that in, in just the whole scene being in like a big parking lot basically you know like having the radio hooked up onto the side of your car Ooh. like blasting the sound like there's something about it man it was just yeah. amazing i remember those times going to the view the viewdale and when yeah. actually you know man Dude. damn love yeah. it miss it uh but okay so yeah we've gotten way off topic so you <laughs> so, know so we dr anyway, M we, drops off all that stuff yeah we get a yeah. ridiculous fucking montage. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a montage. <laughs> oh my god! And they're like, yeah, it's like this great montage of them like setting up stuff, like getting the soundboard gear, you know, plugged in, getting a popcorn machine, like up and running. Like it's it's the way the way they decorate this space is fucking cool, man. Like it is, it is the shock clock dude that was one of my favorite pieces that you see him put up it's like this like clock that like has like a fake beating heart that's like dripping fake blood oh it's so cool it's like no fucking dope dude yeah we learned later that the shot when the shock clock goes off you know the next movie is uh starting yeah what a cool ritual um but yeah, like you know, like like I said, it's basically just a montage for a while of them getting set up and like getting different costumes ready and stuff like that. Right. And um, eventually, it kind of le- like it does sort of lead to uh, the group. After all is said and done, they kind of f- they end up digging through a you know one one more trunk mm-hmm. of, of Doctor M's and they find a film in there. Right. A film labeled "The Possessor." Well, it's not. Well, no, it's labeled like don't open or something like that. Don't open, yeah. So naturally, you know, (laughs) they open it. Yeah. They find just kind of like a small little reel. And of course, you know, just like I I feel like anybody would, they decide to watch it. Oh, Um, yeah. And it's kind of this, you know, it opens with a shot of an eye. um, And you can tell it's kind of like, like a, like a, you know, it's not 
an actual movie. It's like someone filmed this because it's like opens with a shot of an eye. This person repeats the word, I am the possessor over and over. And then there's a cool spot where they're like, come into my head. And then they rip like the top part of their scalp open. Fucking gnarly. And like while Maggie's watching it, she 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 comes to realize uh, that um, this person that she's been seeing in their in her dreams looks pretty similar to the, this person that's in this video. Yeah, and, and she ends up uh, sort of like fainting or whatever, right? Um, while watching it, and you know, kind of eventually comes to, and everybody's like, you know, <laughs> what the heck. Uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I feel like um, who was it? Like Toby was the one that found it, or I think, and like, you know, they when they're discussing, yeah, the movie later. Um, well, because Mister Adam, have, it's Mister Adams. Never mind, that's yeah. what we're talking about. He's like t- describing like how, you know, like somebody. <laughs> they're talking about like people who just drop acid and like. You know, make they made avant-garde. <laughs> yeah, that was it. They make avant-garde movies sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he talks about uh, this this guy named Lanyard Gates, who mm-hmm. uh, was the leader of a cult of a cult film. Uh, not not necessarily a cult, but a group of people that made cult films. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, they would drop acid and make these avant-garde films. And he goes on to say that um, you know he that he actually was part of this group too. Um, but realized, you know, how kind of, uh, weird Gates was in that he had filmed one of his movies and it was, uh, a, a critical failure. And that possessor was his, um, basically his like answer to that. You know what I mean? It was yeah. what he followed up with. And he also explained some of the dark history that, coincided with this movie well because yeah he doesn't need it he describes how the director screened uh, screened it or whatever and then that same night he went home and like murdered his family well no it happened at the theater he like oh it happened okay yeah he, he purposely uh filmed like the whole movie except for the last scene and then he uh uh murdered he was uh, murdered his you know we learn more later about what really happened but he tells a story that he murdered his uh wife and children um and then the set fire to the there's a fire that ravaged the theater yeah um and so like i said we kind of learn more about like what really happened um but that's what happened that was you know so yeah, he's which, dead you know, you know yeah it's, a, it's kind of a lot to take in yeah, I mean, just uh, sounds like a fucked up sitch. Um, it wouldn't make me want to like watch that movie. And I think they actually—that's what they decided. There's like this, you know, brief moment where they're like, "Should we screen this during the horror thon?" Right. And they're all like, "Nah." <laughs> like, let's give it back to Doctor M. <laughs> yeah, but then you kind of um, shortly after this, you kind of pick back up at Maggie's house, and like you, you know, you see her mom d wallace Mm -hmm. uh you know like she's like locking the screen door or like the sliding door or whatever they have and she you know kind of gets spooked by maggie and then like you know tries to convince her like i I, just off the cuff just tries to convince her to like 
quit the festival and she's like let's get two tickets and let's just go anywhere you know yeah because it's, it's like so out of nowhere almost and you're just like dude like something's bugging you like, yeah because because maggie asks her um if she ever heard of lanyard gates hmm. she tells her no you know and she mentions that this guy is in my dreams and that's when um suzanne d wallace's character hmm. yeah like you said it's kind of like um let's pack up and go but you make a good point where if you know if the, she really didn't know anything about this person why would that be like the, yeah. the uh where her just, mind runs to is like let's fucking pack up our shit and go on a vacation it was just so suspicious you know mm -hmm. and then shortly you know like right after that you know, she gets a phone call Maggie leaves a room, but she gets a phone call and is like, you know, it's that same voice from earlier. And, mm -hmm. you know, the ninth circle of hell's reserved for traitors. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know? And, and the voice tell even tells her that he's at in dreamland, you know, yep. in the movie theater or whatever. dreamland. And yeah. so you're just like, what the fuck dude is going on? And mm -hmm. she does like, like Suzanne gets in the car from there and goes to dreamland fucking yeah. gun in hand and yeah. like immediately some spooky shit happens though she's like walking up to the fucking uh, you know ticket ticket window and the little window just lights up you know and there's nobody around it and you're just like yeah oh, all the um all the lettering from the yeah. um like falls down and then you see the uh like it looks like maybe some early cgi but like all the letters fall and then possessor shows up and then like you said the ticket booth lights up a ticket pops out by itself and the front door swings open i'd be like fuck this yeah dude i would not be going in that fucking theater at that point <laughs> nah i mean like even with <laughs> even with a fucking pistol and with, with me like I'm, i don't like whatever i just saw there like the letters flying off the fucking marquee right. board and everything it's like there's some there's some spooky shit going on i don't think I don't think I can bullet my way through this. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, this, Suzanne's fear, more fearless than I am, apparently. So she, you know, because she goes into the theater mm -hmm. and, you know, at, like walks in and, you know, the, the possessor just starts playing on the screen or what, what I assume is, yeah. is, is that movie. And it's like a, you know, a shot that you didn't see earlier. There's some cool camera, like camera work in this scene where, you know, like the, the possessor movie starts playing and then it cuts off and D Wallace like turns around and you get this great kind of like shot of like, it's just, you know, silhouetted around her eyes and it's like dark it's like pitch black uh, else, elsewhere in the theater and it's just a cool shot like framing, and, framing her eyes and stuff and, and her face and real quick before we continue it's interesting because the person that directed this movie um mark harrier he, this is the only um directing credit he has he was like previously oh. in like the porkies movies and he was an actor and this is the only movie he's ever directed and there are some pretty nice like shots in it so i was always like looking at that i was like why was this the only fucking film he directed you know what i mean yeah dude i would have definitely like gave him a budget for something else mm -hmm. after this because yeah it's got some unique aspects like and um you know like during this whole thing like you see like a another individual kind of like run in, in the background and like yeah you know uh like it kind of you know spooks spooks Suzanne enough to you know and, and then you, you you even see like somebody like approach 
her mm-hmm. through, like at one point who she guns down mm-hmm. and then like this great shot where like some green light starts flashing and these arms come through the wall like behind her and just pulls her through the fucking wall yeah and it That's ends awesome. on this like you know zoom in of like a she shot like know. a prop it was like a prop that she yeah had shot yeah the arms just like ripped through and you're like what it the was, hell just happened it was super cool it was and um so you know but you don't learn anything about her fate from there right um you know because it just kind of cuts to from there cuts to like the next morning maggie's getting up you know there's like a uh note from her mom being like you know hope everything is good tonight's the night yeah yeah then we then we cut to the night you know what i mean yeah and then you know um (laughs) a couple parts in the first part of the movie you know like there was the part at the school a couple small parts of her house but i really and the but the rest of the movie's um pretty except for a small part where mark leaves for a brief part but the majority of this movie takes place in one spot and i really there's just something about horror movies where um where all of the everything is like confined to one small setting there's just something about it that yeah um is really enjoyable well, I, yeah, and it gives, you know, like, I feel like too many movies try to spread their their sets too thin, you mm-hmm. know? And so, like, to have, like, something, uh, like, set in a, in, in, like this, like, in a movie theater where, you know, there's only, like, there's a finite amount of space in a movie theater. So, yeah. you know, you know they're going to have to run into whatever the fuck is there <laughs> eventually, you know? It's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it gives. I don't know. I, I like it too, but this this dude this horrorthon is fucking popping. Like yeah, like it cues up to the night, like you said, and there's like immediately like the, like the one of my favorite things. Like there's like this dude out front, like making like singing a song about like the fucking movies, like you know, making band, yeah. And it's like, and like people are in costume, dude. Like, like the, everybody is in costume. It's so dope. Like there's some elaborate ones too yeah and one of my favorites was i can't it was like one of the i think it's one of the films the film students or whatever he has like the two heads or maybe it's not a film student it's just a a random person that was an awesome one though and one he makes one of them puke yeah dude (laughs) it's like that's fucking genius oh man it was awesome yeah there's just so much and that this is where you know like you said earlier you learn that the shock clock uh whenever it goes off it's another feature going on and like yeah it's it's just it looks so much fun it made me really really want to like go to something like that yeah dude that'd be amazing (laughs) um but you know the first uh the first movie they end up queuing up is uh is the mosquito yeah because we also before the movie before the um the movie starts like um you know uh maggie's in the ticket booth and we see from the behind we see like we see like a, a burnt hand slip through uh put some money in and as this person's walking by you get a back shot where they looks like they have like a wig on and a hat and they say the line are these movies going to be shocking as shocking as possessor sarah and walks off and this like maggie leaves to follow this character as um like you said they they queue up mosquito um you know they're mosquito starting uh mm-hmm. so it's like the film within a film which is pretty cool yeah. uh and maggie also sees that mark um 
is there with another girl named Joy. Um, you know, which obviously Mark just couldn't wait. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Douche. <laughs> yeah and uh but they all have like you know they have like 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 sunglasses that have like mosquito like a mosquito label on them and stuff like it's part of like the prop for the yeah yeah the 3d glasses because yeah the the mosquitoes the 3d movie obviously the attack of the electrified man has the shocking seats and then the stench is (laughs) like uh we have these odor pellets that they're going to use to uh like use a um a gas like a smoke machine to funnel this into the theater yeah. and have you know disgusting scents go along with the movie so which is pretty fucking cool um but but you, you know like he said maggie kind of tries to uh like follow this individual for a second and then you know you, she also she eventually finds her way up to the the projector projection booth yeah and runs into toby and just like he you know describes to him like you know, like I think I saw this person from the fucking possessor, basically, and mm-hmm. and he's just like, well, that person died, <laughs> like, and we didn't, she's, and we always saw in that movie was like a some hair and some like an eyeball, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> but she she also, you know, they they are talking, um, and you know, he doesn't believe her, but he also, but he does bring up the the point that uh, Lanyard Gates's body was never identified, yeah. Um, and so she's like, you know, I want to find this guy. And uh, Toby tells her to watch the booth and he's going to go take a look. Um, and then we get our first, um, it's not the first, it's the first death scene, but it's not from the actual movie. It's from uh, the mosquito movie. And there's this like ridiculous scene where these characters are driving and the giant mosquito lands on a car, sticks its uh, proboscis, like its long nose through the car and sucks this guy's like, brains out of his head it's it's hilarious it's really it's pretty cool and yeah it's like his eyes start bulging and his head kind of sinks in (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty dope and during during this whole thing like you know like you said toby's out there investigating he finds himself getting locked out of the theater yeah and uh dude yeah though i just i you know i can't say enough how much I did enjoy like the film within a film thing. Mm-hmm. I you know, keep cutting back to like that kind of stuff. And it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool, cool to see, but, uh, you know, you also, during this whole time you see, um, uh, Mark, he gets up, you know, like, like, early, uh, out of his chair from, you know, to go get something and popcorn. This, some popcorn and this big old dude eventually like, Oh my God. Sees yeah. the open seat next to this, next to this lady. And he just like walks on up and just sits down next to her, you know, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She just like lets it fly. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'm with you now. <laughs> yeah, then, uh, Mark goes up, um, to kind of, uh, he spooks Maggie and she accidentally like headbutts him. He has quite a few mishaps happen to him. Um, we also see at this point that Mr. Davis, uh, you know, um, has this like a control, like a, a control, a remote control for the mosquito and he's getting it ready, you know, for its cue here soon. Um, actually that happens right now. Excuse me. So he, he, the, the mosquito is coming to its conclusion and Mr. Davis is getting ready to send the mosquito out. And he does, it flies around, you know, the crowd interacts with it. Um, and then we see from like 
up above Mr. Davis, we see a pair of black hands with a controller of its own. You're like, what the hell is about to happen here? Yeah, dude. And it's sick, man. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the other person, like, you know, it's like an RC car controller or something like right. uses it to like, you know, send the mosquito basically flying back down towards Davis. And <laughs> it just like, it's straight, just impales the motherfucker. Like, yeah. And oh my gosh, you know, like, and then, and then well, my, my favorite part was not only does it impale him, but like, it kind of like starts like going back out. Like he's yeah. like, like, and then I was like, oh my God, is it going to ram him again? <laughs> Yeah, I thought so or something, but yeah, it tries. Yeah. I think, but like it, it, it's such a cool, sh- cool shot of like it zooming across the room and then like going, you know, and you and you see what'd you call it again? What's the what's the name for it? Proboscis. Like, the proboscis, like it goes, the fake proboscis goes through his it's chest awesome. until you see it like yeah. pop out his back, you know, and everything. It's blood funny. dripping from it. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty it, cool. Yeah, man. And then we get like a, um. You know, that that death happens and then we kind of follow up and we see like, uh, you know, we don't quite yet know um, who the killer is really or what their intention is. But we see that this person is, uh, you know, has a lab. It's a lab, you know, somewhere in the basement of the theater and is making uh, a mask of Mr. Davis's face. And you're kind of like, what, you yeah. know, what's this leading to? That's yeah. That's what, it's one of those moments in the movie where you're like, "Whoa, dude! Okay, this is a game changer. Like, this is so something's going on here." Yeah, and it's like, not just your like run of the mill slasher. Yeah, uh, you know which I is mean? what which is super fucking cool, man. Like it, like the fact that you know, I, I like some of my you know some of the grossest things to me are like you know like in movies or in real life when people you find you know you hear about people who like use human skin for like things you know like or like leatherface was you know like obviously in movies probably the pinnacle of like you know the the human ed gein yeah yeah the, yeah and ed gein in real life you know yeah, look, uh, I, that's still so wild to me man that this that he like literally had fucking lampshades and coasters and shit made out of fucking human skin. How yeah. depraved can you be? But That's, yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked <laughs> up, dude. Like it's just grody to think about. But what were you um, getting at though? Oh, I just think it's such a, it's such a great fucking element in this movie. Like, totally. You know, because it's like, it, but, but it's also like the way they do it is not like, it's not like, you know, it's not like a leather face where it's like sewn up patches of skin. No, creating something. No. It's like this dude somehow is creating like the full like face of like of yeah. somebody else, you know, and like, we, like and we see more of that later. And it's just so the practical effects. Yeah, man, they just do not get enough praise. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just I feel like this movie is just very well, underrated for what it is. Yeah. Know? And, like, and there's we'll a get, shot of it like picking up a mask it's like the, the whoever it is like picks up this mask at one point it's not it's just like a blank mask and it's like twitching and stuff yeah he's like i think he's using his fingers to make it oh is that what yeah. okay I was, I was like blown away i was like what is this black magic here oh wow <laughs> yeah you're, we're, right. We're, you're right that makes sense he's just manipulating it himself and we'll talk more about that a little later when we see yeah. some more of the uh masks in action but uh from there you know we mark and maggie are kind of talking she's basically uh explaining to him the same thing that she talked to toby about you know lanyard gates um and then toby comes in himself mentions how you know he he thought that maybe he got locked out on purpose and all the um trials and tribulations he had to face just to get back in um 
And then Maggie gets upset at a comment that Mark makes. Um, and she ends up walking out and then they, they uh, attack on the electrified man um, is getting put on. And we see Bud, uh, the guy that's in the wheelchair. He's kind of the, um, he's got, he's at this control board, you know what I mean? Where he's yeah. uh, in, in charge of um, giving people a shock. You know what I mean? As something's happening. Which oh man that would be super fun <laughs> honestly but yeah and then um you know you kind of see some some other like movement happen like uh maggie swaps out somebody at the ticket window again right mark, mark goes to get uh popcorn fucking finally and this is when you have a, a great interaction i you know i don't like mark as a character uh so when he goes back into the movie theater and like, oh. he finds this jabron, like this big old, this big old Bubba just sitting with, with in his seat, you know, it's so fucking great. Like the reaction, the dude just like not even looking at him, like gets up out of his chair and just like gets in his fucking face. And when, <laughs> well, first he tells him to eat shit. Yeah, yeah, he's like eat shit. <laughs> Eat just, shit asshole but then yeah, he just fucking asshole. decks him and yeah. like and there's this great like slow almost like slow motion-esque shot of like of like the popcorn flying in the air and mark <laughs> getting sent flying backward you know? yeah because you don't see the punch you just see like you said you just see like him like <laughs> flailing with the fucking yeah it's great i loved it <laughs> and well deserved honestly yeah <laughs> but uh yeah and, and this is you know again you kind of go back up to like bud and you find you know that he's gearing up for his role in in this movie performance basically yeah and he because he's talking to tina about how um there's like a timer that needs to be set um and but but right now he's gonna have to zap people manually and he asks tina obviously because he's in a wheelchair and can't you know just freely roam around he asks tina um if she'll go talk to mr davis about it um mm -hmm. And at the same time, you know, like you said, Maggie had switched out with Tina at the at the uh, the ticket booth, and she picks up her voice recorder and listens to it, and hears, uh, you know, it sounds like whatever voice, um, you know, it sounds like it might be Lanyard's voice, you know. So she runs out to go um, tell somebody, but another mishap with Mark happens where he gets fucking bonked in the head again. <laughs> um, and as she, you know, she picks him up and tends to him and she talks about how she has, you know, she's like, I have proof. I have this voice recording. But she, you know, when she had, uh, you know, bonked Mark, she somehow had smashed the voice recorder, too. And so her proof um, is gone. And but she also talks about how, you know, Tina had to have seen something. So they run off to try to find Tina. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, you know, the the again with the movie in a movie, you, you have this sort of interesting dynamic where it's like cutting some shots of this, like you know, this movie that's playing. And I, I, at this point, I just I love I loved it because it was just literally, it's like in the movie they're walking this dude, named, uh, I think his name's Vernon, down death row, mm -hmm. and he's just like shaking everybody's hand in the jail yeah. as he's going down, like see you on the other side, pal. Like <laughs> one of them, one of them's like keep the seat warm for me or something yeah. like that. When <laughs> I love it because this this the, this movie within a movie actually has like a. Um, a premise that's happened in a couple movies, which is actually a pretty cool premise of uh, this person, this, this, you know, in, in most cases, it's a serial killer, the serial killer that's um, 
you know, going to be executed via electric chair. And then through some way or another, they don't die. And now they have these powers of electricity and they're going to wreak vengeance. And it's such a cool like premise for a, a... I agree. I, I would, I would say if I knew I was going to get some, some sort of extra power out of it, I'd be like, shock me. <laughs> yeah. I tried to, so, I tried to stand it, but as yeah, I, the as crowd's I, as like I, read, waiting for him to be fucking toasted. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I like one guy's yeah, yeah, like, oh, wow. him, brother. <laughs> yeah. All, all the cheesy jokes. That's the only part that I really didn't like about the movie is some of the corny little random jokes. Cause yeah, one person's like make mine medium rare or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a little ridiculous, but having said that, you know, I'm glad that that's not really a thing anymore. But now that I'm thinking back, like when I was younger, sometimes those things would happen at theaters. You'd have people that were, you know, interjecting or jeering at the movie or thinking they're funny and having some little thing to say. It was, uh, yeah, like it was like a thing when I, yeah, when I was like, when I was a kid, I remember like a little bit of it. But as you got older, it became less and less of a thing up until really like the only time you fucking heard a peep from somebody in the movie was like on like an opening night when like a really big movie would drop or something and people would be like, yeah, you know, good point. Like when Star Wars, like the prequel trilogy was like put back in, th- was put in theaters, you know, like every opening t- night on that, on that people, as soon as the credits would roll, like, you know, people would be like, oh, fuck yeah, like a pump now. Rightfully but, so. But yeah, yeah. that's a good point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really like it anymore. Like even, no. even like going to see an older movie, like I w- I'm here to watch this, like watch totally. film, you know what totally. I mean? I'm on. I get so annoyed at people sometimes. Like I'll be that person. Like, dude, could you shut the fuck up? Like, I'm yeah, trying to watch this movie. Yeah, I've harshed some people before. <laughs> yeah, but it's but, truth. But, anyway. but like, I, so like I said, uh, you know, um, uh, Maggie and Mark are trying to find Tina, um, but Tina is trying to find uh, Mr. Davis, and so us as viewers, we know that Mr. Davis is dead. Obviously, yeah. no one no one knows this. So Tina is backstage, um, and she comes across Mr. Davis, uh, you know, and then we learn here that, um, you know, we don't learn for how long it's been going on, but we learn that Tina's maybe a little bit of a class whore and that she's been fucking Mr. Davis, you know, and she even makes a joke about, and they wonder how I get all my extra credit. <laughs> oh, dude, for real, though. God damn it. <laughs> fine tina but yeah like when she runs into him you know you're you're just thinking like okay who the fuck is davis now because it looks like us yeah it looks exactly (laughs) like him right you're just like it's a spot on it looks like mr davis but Mm. when she goes into kit when they go in for a kiss oh it's so grotesque dude it's like and awesome and and so it, it had some like uh like like uh some like uh brian usna uh society vibes here oh my god dude i'm so glad you said that yes <laughs> like that like the mouth though like like yeah <laughs> yeah dude it's like it. gruesomely like yeah because she's like well, like the kiss and then like pulling parts of his face the ma- off like, the mask yeah it's like pulling the mask the the uh the mouth part of the mask you know and she sees that obviously you know this isn't mr davis it's someone and then the person you know rips uh the mask off and we get a quick really brief glimpse of their really fucking gnarly face that we see more later 
Um, and then, you know, Tina gets strangled because when she had walked up, she kind of had some kind of like rope or something that she had playfully, you know, was around her neck and playfully put it around Mr. Davis's uh, neck to like get closer to him. So he uses that to fucking choke and kill Tina. Yep. She's out. She, you know, not like, I mean, like the best part about her kill sequence is definitely like the mask thing. And, and, you know, um, you see, yeah. it, you see it more later, but like the, the brief shot you get of like the person's face underneath the mask is fucking awesome too. Um, uh, reminds me almost of like, you know, Cenobite kind of like Hellraiser adjacent, you know, kind of okay. makeup, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and so I don't know. It's just just well done, and you know, yeah, uh, yeah. This this ends up, you know, you don't really see anything else with her body necessarily in this sequence. She like he dispatches of her uh, to take your word. Uh, well, and, you fucker! I didn't well, mean we get, to. I just happened. <laughs> well, we get a quick scene here with where he like uh, uses her like like he's like standing behind her and has her like body propped up to talk to Mark and Maggie. But yeah, I guess because what happens next, yeah, yeah, because what happens next is, um, you know, he chokes her to death and then Mark and Maggie are backstage. And that's what I'm talking about. When they come across, they see, uh, it's kind of dark and they see Tina and, you know, whoever the killer is, is behind her and fainting her voice. And it mentions like, you know, the movie's playing. They ask where, um, uh, where Mr. Davis is and uh, or she she talks about how um, uh, Mr. Davis went into the box office but just left um, yeah so yeah and then then they uh, accidentally locked themselves out as well everybody's getting locked out of the dang theater uh, <laughs> but you know I, I guess you, you know you you do after they get locked out you do kind of follow up um, with Bud again, right? right? But but real quick, uh, when they do get locked out, we kind of Maggie's starting to, um, you know, maybe she has some theories in her head because she talks about how uh, how um, uh, how you know the killer uh, it can change its its appearance. Um, you know what I mean? So she's she's starting to see think she she thinks that Lanyard Gates is alive uh and is able to change his appearance to look like someone that he's not and they also yeah. notice uh mr davis's car um is still in the back parking lot so they're kind of you know confused rightfully so you know mm-hmm. like um and uh, yeah you're right and then and then you follow up with um, mm-hmm. with bud and you know this is one of those sequences where you get this like you know, you see, uh, you don't see any face or anything. You just see like a silhouette almost of, of somebody, somebody or in Tina's outfit that she was wearing basically. Yeah. And, it's, it's, it's Tina. Yeah. And, uh, and so they go up to bud who's manning the, the, you know, that control booth, like we were talking about. Right. And, you know, at first he thinks there's something sort of playful happening, you know, uh, cause, cause Tina starts like strapping him like onto this chair and like then by the time like like tina puts like a gag in his mouth right like he's like what the fuck is going on here you know and, and yeah and then it it gets a little more sinister from there because she puts you know she puts on um kind of the same strap around his head that a person would get if they're in an electric chair and then she's the tina or we, i mean us as audience we know 
you know, that it's the killer in, in, in this Tina disguise to start shaving his head, you know, to prep him. And then has this whole elaborate thing with jumper cables and everything to essentially plug those in, plug it into the machine and plays a voice recording of Lanyard's voice explaining that, you know, when this light turns yellow, that fucking bud's going to get electrocuted and, and killed. So it's kind of yeah, grim. Man. Yeah, it's 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 kind of twisted, man. But but didn't do nothing to nobody. He He's just, a guy. Of, I will say this. Um, uh, one of the things I like about horror is that it doesn't uh, discriminate. You know what I mean? Like, uh, for example, you know, there there aren't many examples of a character in a wheelchair getting killed. But the ones that are, are glorious, like fucking Friday the 13th Part 2. It's oh. one of the gnarliest kills. He gets the fucking machete plunged into his head backwards and then falls down a fucking never-ending flight of stairs it's glorious <laughs> the never-ending flight of stairs oh man um because yeah, the electrified man is starting to near uh yeah. you know its end um, yeah so. like which is kind of cool because you know you're seeing shots of that movie where like you know like he's basically the the killer is just going around like electrifying different people in different ways and <laughs> so it's kind of sort of fits right in you know you see some some you know some of the crowd still getting like shocked in their chair at the up until this point and like but right. desperately trying to reach for like the the cable that he can't yeah um, but he unfortunately does not make it in yeah. time because before his before you jump into his demise though we get a quick scene where uh mark and maggie make their way back into the theater and mark's shitty day has continued because uh he like looks like the seat of his pants has been ripped out we learned that he plummeted his way over the fence and got attacked by this doberman so he's just really not having a good day but yeah he's having a rough go this guy but yeah, dude, yeah like like you see uh with bud you see that light turn yellow and he mm -hmm. like immediately starts just getting zapped like he's getting jolted with the with electricity and and like it's like causing everything to go haywire the lights are flashing my favorite thing was the hot dog rack on the counter just starts spinning really fast <laughs> my favorite was the popcorn that's just like just, just like yeah. oh this fucking pop yeah it's pretty good it's a just, nice touch yeah and then you know, the hot dog <laughs> <laughs> then you see like uh you basically see like his chair kind of get blown backward yeah. against the wall and he is no longer in it you know and yeah it also plunged you know it has some uh maybe uh you know un undesired effects because it plunges the whole uh theater into darkness um and you know we have these couple characters that we really haven't seen much but uh uh leon and Joni, uh you know we're talking about how this wasn't planned um and they want to go find the uh, this this reggae band as a distraction until the power comes on um and they do and yeah. this reggae reggae band comes on to play a song about uh pokemonia day which Will you look that up, please, and tell me what the hell Pokemonia po uh, yeah, Day is? <laughs> what is it? Because the song's like, the song is like, today on Pokemonia Day. And I will say this: the the weird, like the the reggae music in this movie, because it's not like full on in your face like reggae music, but the band that makes these songs are you can tell that it's a reggae band. It's such a kind of like a weird contrast to the movie. Okay, so it says Pokemania 
is it comes it comes from a, the Spanish term for small madness. Mm. And what I'm reading is a uh, Pokemania is a Jamaican spirit spiritist religion whose uh, whose worship services are characterized by singing and dancing and like spirit possession and oh, and stuff like that. Interesting. So, yeah, so it's got to be centered around that probably. Is it uh, so? It's not to be confused with Hulkamania. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 oh God, dude! Folks, fucking theme song is the best. It's fucking. I am a real American. It can never be top. Or the video, or the music video of him like flying around in different places, like playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting so the pokemon day you know it's yeah. kind of interesting where it's maybe this thing focused around you know some form of spirituality or mm -hmm. uh you know it's, it's interesting so anyway yeah. yeah so they're you know they're kind of um appeasing uh, to the crowd to make sure this crowd doesn't leave you know what i mean because there's still another movie on the docket um and while this is going on uh, you know, Maggie, you know, may, uh, branches off from uh, Mark and Cheryl, uh, and she comes across. Um, you know, she notices the switchboard that was uh, that was you know uh, just electrified. Yeah, it's like sees, on, it's still like kind of on fire, even stuff like. Yeah, and then she comes across. She sees someone like hunched over in the wheelchair, but it's not uh, Bud. No, it's what, and it's because we learn later, obviously, that this isn't Lanyard Gates, but it, but whoever the killer is, looks like who she thinks Lanyard Gates is in this scene with the long hair, you know, uh, some sort, some form of mask that uh, makes the character look really creepy, because um, the character pops up and was like says some line about no kiss for daddy yeah dude <laughs> no kiss for daddy <laughs> oh, yeah so you know uh he tells her that um she's sarah and that she's his child you know what i mean but she doesn't want to hear it uh and she uh, she runs off from yeah um and the like they the killer or whoever it is like you know also says like you know this line of like time for you to join mommy dearest and like, oh that's right and so it gives you this yeah, it's kind of sinister you know, where it reminds you yeah you're just like oh shit something happened to fucking suzanne earlier in the movie yeah <laughs> yeah good point but yeah maggie like jolts at bolts after that and then and then like while she's like running running away you see like flashes of Mm -hmm. uh, you know the same kind of stuff that she was dreaming about in the beginning of the movie right right yeah that's true um which but is she, kind of yeah. interesting yeah yeah it was because it was like more flashes of like a child a woman uh someone getting stabbed an explosion a gunshot so it's almost like she's starting to and we learned that more here shortly that she has some like repressed memories so maybe this could be part of it um because she runs into uh toby um and uh mentions to toby that um you know bud tina and mr davis are dead and this is what i'm talking about where she she talks about how she remembers the whole thing um but before she can talk about that you know joy we have a quick scene where joy uh mark's date um kind of comes in and sees them uh um makes a you know a little joke about them being together 
um, <laughs> and then leaves. But this is where Maggie, you know, realizes that she's Sarah, uh, Sarah Gates, um, and remembers that Suzanne is not her mom. It's actually her aunt. Uh, that her mother was the one that was killed. Gloria Gates was her mother killed by Lanyard. Um, and that Suzanne stopped Lanyard from killing her by shooting him. And then they got away. So it's a lot to take in. Yeah. It's, it's like all of a sudden, like, whoa, okay. Like she, yeah. Yeah. Cause in her, in her head, she thinks that Lanyard is back uh, to finish the film and kill her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which like, at this point, I would be like pretty fucking crazed on that. Like, I'd be like, "What the fuck is going on, man?" Like, yeah, I, you know? I, I feel it's not that, not that wild of a conclusion to jump to. Yeah, exactly. I mean? <laughs> well, normally I would, but in the context of what's going on, like, yeah. And you know, like Toby seems pretty comforting in this scene too. Like, because he's sort of like. He has this weird line. It, it was just sort of weird the way he said it. He was like, "I'm here for you, Maggie, all the way." And he's just like, okay, yeah, he's a little, he's a, he's a little, he's but, a little different. Yeah, but even you know, just like, like his he, like the way he talks and his mannerisms, you know what I mean? He's kind of a quirky guy. Yeah, but they they go on like a little investigation. They find um, is it like I don't know? It's like under the stage or something. It's like yeah, it looks like a some form of like a trap door that goes downstairs. Yeah. And like it even like, you know, as as you know, Maggie and Toby kind of make their way down, the door like swings shut behind her. Cause Toby and, trips too, because he Toby trips yeah, and then the door right. There's a lot swings. of tripping in this movie. Yeah, there is. Cause he trips, <laughs> the door kind of swings shut on her, and then she's downstairs and can't find uh Toby. Um we get this and then we get something cool happens where um you know, she's down in the basement looking for uh, uh, Toby, and we see uh, we see Mr. Davis kind of in the darkness briefly walk by, um, and then we see someone walk by that has like Tina's mask on, like halfway, yeah, um, and then disappears into the darkness. This voice starts calling Sarah, um, and then she gets we see her get grabbed by a man in a creepy mask, uh, but then we don't like follow through with that quite yet because it cuts back to the band finishing up uh they have perfect timing by the way because they, <laughs> <Yeah>. literally... <laughs> they literally finish the song and then the lights pop back on yeah and then yeah the crowd celebrates and like you know um oh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> and they like immediately um you know uh, start screening uh, the the next the stench with which is an amazing aroma rama. Yeah, aroma rama. But that, I think that's what it is. Yeah, and uh, you see all these people like take like I don't know what basically like, clothing pins with, with labeled with like the stench, and they like everybody starts putting them on their nose and stuff. Yeah, because we forgot to mention earlier, and it's not really that important, but when they're getting ready for the movie, you know, uh, there's like a scene with. Um, with uh, Joni uh, and Leon, where they have all these different, like, disgusting odors, like body odor and stale fart and dead dog, and, you know, that they're going to uh, use uh, for this movie. But, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, the movie, the, the stench is getting ready to get played. Um, but then we cut back to, uh, you know, what's happening in the laboratory and this is where we kind of get a big reveal you know what i mean 
Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's a really cool sequence, you know, it's a scene because, you know, it's you see um, like Maggie, uh, they kind of like, you know, st- strapped into that weird device that was being like the- used for making masks or whatever. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. And who you th- think is Toby is like talking to her. But Toby's voice. Yeah, it's Toby's voice. And, you know, you see like a whole bunch of different masks um, on like some mannequin heads. And then you see this shot of him with this like face just sort of like half on. on. And it looks so fucking cool, dude. It is. Like you can see parts of like the back of his head, which looks definitely different and like a little mm-hmm. more fucked up. But like the way the mask is, like the ears are just kind of like flapping off to the off the sides, and and it's Toby's mask, I believe. It is, yeah. And, and we will- it, and it's it slowly keeps peeling off more as he's like moving his head around. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty solid because you know we don't we don't learn quite yet like what his motivation is, but we learn the killer is Toby. It's not. You know, Lanyard Gates isn't back from the dead. It's Toby. Um, And he talks about how he's perfected this quick transition from face to face, how he uses electric voice harmonics. Um, You know, he talks about how, uh, you know, and then he does explain his intentions that, you know, he was there. uh, His mom was part of the cult, too, and that he was there for the showing. Um, And and, in that, uh, you know, he got caught in the flames. His mother died and that he was very, very badly burnt um, and had to have like lost all this flesh on his body and had to have, uh, um, you know, and then we see his gnarly face where it's like, there's these metal rods in it. And it's like, uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, I feel like they could have came up with a little stronger, more idea for why he's doing it. Cause I can understand being upset at this situation that happened, but it wasn't Maggie's fault. You know what I mean? And yeah. Like he's, he's mad at Suzanne because he blames it on the fact that Suzanne, you know, shot Lanyard. Um, and then this fire happened and that took his mom and deformed him. But at the same time, it's like, if that wouldn't have happened, then Maggie would have been dead and that could have possibly happened anyway. So it's kind of like, yeah, a really weird, like, it is sort of a weak reason to be, turn into a, a fucking killer really but otherwise than not the movie's awesome but. yeah but and you know he explains like during this whole sequence i forgot to mention he makes cracks a couple of jokes about how being like multi he's like multi-identical and like yeah and, and then you know at one point he puts on tina's face and he's like in an instant i can be I, i'm like multi-sexual or whatever and like yeah i'm the and, class like, bimbo <laughs> yeah he uses the word bimbo i love when people use the word bimbo uh, but like you know yeah you're right like he like like the, the trauma that he experiences, he, it seems like he's most upset about how like he was received afterward. Like he complains mm-hmm. about like, you know, he's like, I had to glue my face on every day at, before school to yeah. not scare the other kids and stuff like that. And, uh, and then he kind of goes on to start describing his like process, right? Like his, his totally. eyes are, his eyes are fucking wild. They're like this yellow or whatever. And yeah, he think he calls him, he calls him, uh, when he's like talking about how he fixes them, he's like, first we put contact lenses on these fried egg eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has like a prosthetic nose and a chin piece. Yeah. It's elaborate. 
yeah it's a it's quite a process and he, you, he put he puts on some of it and and yeah you know it, it's he's like, really it's, good he, whoever this actor is like i don't really recognize him from anything else but he 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 does a really good job of playing this character unhinged because he goes on to have this like uh nod to the wizard of oz it's my scarecrow in oz face and he's just yeah. kind of just wild in this scene you know yeah. what i mean and it does a really good job of portraying him as just like totally this just like loose cannon where you have no idea what he's capable of you know what i mean because like you said there's obviously some trauma uh you know what i mean losing your yeah. mom and and having 90 percent of your body burnt would fuck anybody up uh, <laughs> for sure for life yeah but, yeah so you know like while this is going on the the the, the stench is still playing upstairs and yeah. so you know you have this cut to well real quick real quick toby also mentions here you know that his plan is that he's going to recreate uh the showing of possessor but that it will go as planned and then maybe then his mother won't die and he won't be burned <laughs> and then it cut then which you makes can no sense sorry right. dog. that doesn't make any sense that's not how it works yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you're right and then then he sort of it can it kind of picks up with um joy leaving the theater and deciding that she you know goes she goes up to mark who she who's basically not been with her this entire time and uh -huh. like is like i want to go home now and like yeah yeah you know? and after but, he says no she tries to like you know well i saw maggie leave with toby and they were getting hot and heavy and all this shit you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> but you know one of my favorite moments in this movie happens it's like this great interaction between well i can't even remember cheryl his, yeah cheryl and whatever that fucking big dude's name is yeah uh who like he do he like comes right up and he's like gets in everybody's face and cheryl just fucking decks him like it's, yeah and like knocks him on his ass and then like the who is it is like joni or whatever like she like basically just like like helps pick him up and they like throw his ass out the fucking door joy tries to take a swing at cheryl and she just fucking like grabs her and throws her out the fucking door and they just lock him out of the theater it's like it was just such a like badass a, scene dude yeah she's like a one-man wrecking crew and she has yeah she does have this great line where the guy with a big guy and uh he's like i ain't never hit no chick before and she's like uh Oh yeah, and that's like when she fucking decks him. And yeah, she's and fucking whammy. Mark's like, I could have done that. Fucking <laughs> 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 Mark, dude. <laughs> He's such a tool. Yeah, dude. Mark's just a goob, man. He's and like you know, because like right before, right before all that happened, like they were patching him up from his his most recent, like I don't know, bonk on the head or whatever right. <laughs> that happened, you know. <laughs> uh but yeah so that so that kind of that happens it's a great sequence and then then you get back down and to well, toby and maggie right real quick so uh um that scene happens and then you know mark is talking to uh joni and cheryl and like about uh you know what joy had said and they're, they're basically like you know there's no way you know uh toby and uh Maggie are hooking up, but he asks where Toby lives because he wants to go to his place. Jo Joni gives him um, Toby's address, and he leaves through the side door uh, to head off to um, Mark's place. Uh, and then Joni has to run off for her stench cue. Um, and then we cut back downstairs uh, for a little bit longer. Um, 
So if you want to continue. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's, uh, you know, uh, you, you kind of get reintroduced to what Suzanne's been up to, really. Yeah. Um, Toby, like, unveils that he's like, put her in this, I don't know, like a fucking full body cast. And like it has like a, even like a, even like a mold for like a fake gun or whatever. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah, he wants because he wants to recreate, you know, what happened. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, his his attention to detail is admirable. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Suzanne, you know, is obviously upset, and because basically Toby, you know, is 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 blaming her, and she tells Maggie how you know her father was giving her acid, um, and which is wild to think about, and that she had to yeah. get her out. You know, yeah. they and then they try pleading to Toby. But he doesn't want to listen. He 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 just has this weird monologue where he's like, "I'm rubber, and you're you know one of those where he doesn't." Yeah, he wanna... says he says the classic like grade school line, "I'm rubber, you're glue," <laughs> like whatever he's yeah. like bounces off of me. But yeah, he doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, so. and and then you know you see he kind of like realizes it's like he's got to get moving himself. He grabs like a. a little outfit that looks you know you can tell it looks exactly like what leon yeah is wearing and so you're like oh shit okay is he he's gonna like that's the next person he's impersonating or whatever because as he runs off he's like you know we have a half hour till midnight i still have a little time to kill yeah and his interaction with leon is so fucking good (laughs) where it's like you know he, you know, he he clearly has put on. Well, at first, you, you basically you see you see Leon go to the bath, go to the restroom, yeah. and um, he's like pissing a, in the urinal. And Toby, I wonder walks, what. Yeah, real quick though, before you explain what happens here, I wonder how they pull like because I know how they do scenes like this with like identical people where they like you know do CGI or whatever. But back then, like because they look identical, like I wonder. I always wonder how they pull a scene like this off. Yeah, I agree. Like where it's, you know, do they film it like separately and then just like edit oh, the yeah, frames duh. together? Okay. Or it's like, That's well, probably like, what it was. I mean, you see that sometimes, but sometimes like, you know, if you, I don't know if that's what happened with this, but, but you, I mean, they do look incredibly similar at least. So mm-hmm. it feels like it's like the same person, honestly, the same, totally. but, but, you know, uh, Toby walks in and like, right next to goes like right next to uh leon in the urinal lineup which is you know a no-no that's a (laughs) (laughs) no-no but even to push it further just like turns sideways and just starts pissing on the dude's leg like the disrespect (laughs) (laughs) that dude's a genetic dissenter (laughs) oh my god (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. Man, man, Toby's fucking up. (laughs) (laughs) White folks in general was fucking up. It's one of the best. Oh, jeez. They're coming. (laughs) Oh, my God. If no one knows what we're talking about, it's a Chappelle show reference. Yeah. Look it up, um, but you know, so like, so this, so like I said, he's getting his leg pissed on, and then right, Toby like grabs him and like drags him off to like a one of the stalls, shoves him in there, and like locks the the 
the yeah. door somehow the what lock is, is on the outside of the door i've never <laughs> seen that like I, maybe that's how that was i don't know I mean, it's, it's, it was weird, but but then like he dropped some sort of fucking baggie of like God. Yeah, I I don't it, know. It's weird because it doesn't look like what like because earlier when they have like the uh, Stencho-Rama things, they yeah. kind of look like a hockey puck shape. But whatever this is, it looks like a. It's obviously something that you know was producing a same similar thing. But yeah, kind of it, it just like quickly plops into the toilet, and yeah incapacitates uh <laughs> takes him right the fuck out yeah it's like he's, i don't know breathing some chemical fumes or whatever <laughs> like yeah it probably wasn't very uh healthy probably not but yeah just the i love how he just fucking pisses on his fucking leg and then, <laughs> i know it's yeah. super random i was not expecting that <laughs> not at all not at all um but anyway so so you know like that's another one another one of the film students is out now and and uh you know, then it's kind of it's an interesting scene that happens next because uh, we see we cut back to uh, Joni. You know what I mean? Who has her? Who has her? Is working on the the stench cue and has her back turned to the door. And Leon, Toby, coming in as Leon. You know, was originally coming in and planning to kill her, but uh, before he has the chance, uh, Joni goes on to talk about how you know asking Leon about how she thinks Toby feels about her because she's been walking around, you know, in love with him and she has no idea how he feels. And we obviously know that that's Toby. And so we fucking, it was really cool actually kind of scene where, you know, he hears this and spares her life and leaves, yeah. you know what I mean? Goes downstairs and throws a fucking temper tantrum, but spared her life, which is pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. It's like, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting like character scene in that way. Cause I like, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. it well it gives it gives them like a dynamic right like it's well, not just like yeah not not saying that i'd ever uh agree with any killer's motivation these are obviously fictional characters but sometimes i like it when you can make uh a character like that sympathetic you know what yeah, i mean yeah yeah exactly exactly it give it gives them i mean one uh, it making them more human by like giving them those kind of exactly. emotions that's a that's a better way to put it it makes yeah. you like almost uh it, it makes you as a viewer like a little more attached to the situation in general right you know, you know not that like you said not that it's like it's like you're like all right oh maybe this killer is right it's like it's just you you i don't know you you feel yeah. like they're not not just one-sided anymore they're not they're not they don't they're not total monsters you know what i mean yeah. they have some uh maybe if, if that's all it was but at least they have yeah. one like redeeming uh quality about them yeah so it's just interesting you know he, he could have easily you know killed her but he uh spared her life so yeah well and um you know from like like he said, he kind of goes down and like has a little freak out sesh, and uh, right, and then he's like, it's like he starts. Well, like uh, Joan, Joni's like still like pumping gas into the crowd and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for the stench because the stench is coming to. Well, yeah, it looks like the stench might be somewhat close to reaching its end run time. Yeah, and so like it it in. Like, like I guess behind the screen in the, in the backstage real, or whatever. What? Real quick though, uh, before um, this all happens, uh, 
we um we we kind of follow up with what mark's doing oh yeah uh, that's right he gets the he gets the toby's apartment oh wait no 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 hang on hang on uh i'm wrong let me i'm gonna backtrack so uh yeah leon just got killed um and he he has a temper tantrum and then we see that uh uh, behind the screen, Toby is, you know, is wheeling Suzanne out. Um, he's starting to get set up for, you know, whatever his master plan is, and has this like ridiculous kind of uh, cheesy line where he, you know, she's in a cast, and he goes, "I'm so glad I cast you in this one." <laughs> <laughs> but then we follow up to. with Mark. Yeah, yeah. he had he, he uh, we had to do it. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> he hadn't done it yet, so. <laughs> yeah, boy. Oh, uh, oh, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> so then we kind of like, you kind of find out that, uh, well, like Mark gets to the apartment and he hears some commotion happening. Yeah. And he gets up. Like he goes, he goes up the stairs and he sees like the landlord or whatever, like you know, basically packing up uh, yeah. Toby's shit and like taking in the process of kicking him out. And the apartment's like you know full of like other kind of. There's like a couple of other like face looking things in there. It looked like there's there was like you know clippings of mm-hmm. uh, the you know the incident. The, yeah from the from the movie screening that they mentioned and the you know it clippings of like the you know maggie and her and her aunt yeah mark kind of learns you know that maybe some of the stuff that uh maggie was talking about she's not so crazy you know because there's an article about sarah and then there's an article about toby um and yeah, he's just got a lot of really weird shit around his apartment. Not only that, but the landlord's talking about screaming throughout the night, weird chemical smells, things in the bathtub that look like body parts. Yeah, he's um, just like, I should have kicked him out a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, if you, if you thought about all, if you think about all the things you're talking about to me, like I definitely seems, would have been concerned. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a... a, a you know a good basis for kicking a tenant out for yeah. sure yeah well and then so like this all leads mark to like booking it back to the theater the landlord has this like line where after mark runs off he's like well what are we gonna well why don't we do lunch or something yeah he thinks he's like a movie uh, agent or something he's like i was in a picture with gloria gates like yeah do you want to <laughs> so weird yeah but, but like, yeah mark mark you know mark makes a uh Starts making a mad a beeline back to the. Uh... <laughs> he starts making a mad dash back to the. <laughs> we have so many. We're throwing in so many inside jokes that people are. You know what I mean? Uh... <laughs> yeah, they they love it. They love it. He starts. Yeah, he starts making his way. You know, obviously, I don't know where else he'd be going. Maybe he, you know going to get in a game of super smash brothers yes <laughs> stopping at the vines establishment for a game of super smash bros on the way to back to the movie theater can't you couldn't blame them <laughs> get a bag of famous amos first <laughs> oh my god that's snack drawer bro i i, I feel like 
you know, every now and then people, you know, we were there, you know, someone would say, hey, can I get a snack? I, I feel bad because I feel like every day I was, you know, because there was like the famous Amos. There was a really good uh, fruit snacks. Like I was always oh just God, like, dude. <laughs> I probably ate like fruit and not fruit by the foot. I ate fruit by the fucking yard at that house. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. Shout out to the, yeah. Shout out to, uh, the fucking Jim uh, vines. Yeah, man. The vine, the vines family, all of the vines family. Yeah. Oh man. But anyway, okay. So <laughs> where are we at? Uh, so, uh, where we're at is where, uh, um, um, Toby, oh, yeah puts the reel for possessor in place uh, the stench gets cut off uh you know the fans and the crowd are kind of booing they don't realize what's going on as uh you know the possessor starts playing and as possessor is playing um you know he uh cheryl and joni try to stop it but they can't toby you know is behind the screen he puts um maggie into an iron maiden and puts a dress around it uh you know, he, uh, Mark gets back and notices that Dreamland is locked. So he has to start scaling the wall like Spider Man to get oh, inside. I just fucking, if that place is going to get destroyed in three weeks anyway, I would have just shattered the fucking glass and went oh, in that yeah, way. Yeah, dude, just go find a fucking rock. It's at not that logical. Point, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Toby like enters the theater. While everybody's booing, That's he like right. enters from the back and he's like, he's like razzing the crowd. He's like, oh yeah, I hate this movie. Like, <laughs> right. He's just such an oddball character. He is. I mean, but that's one of the fun things about that character. It's yeah, like, it's true. He's it's so true. screwy in a way, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, so he's but, kind yeah. of getting to a point where, you know, we, we see possessor being played on screen and he's sort of like mirroring um what's happening in the background uh and then um we get to the point where uh the the screen rises up and now the crowd you know sees uh toby uh they don't know it's toby obviously you know sarah's in the iron maiden uh suzanne's in the cast and you know, the crowd obviously probably thinks that this is part of the show. You know it's what I mean? That was one of the, the brilliant parts about this 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 whole shot. I loved it. Like, yeah. you know, you have the whole crowd where, like, she's screaming for help. Like, somebody, come on, help me, help me. And they're just jeering and laughing and, like, egging it on because they think it's yeah. part of the show. And he even plays into that where he's like, you know, like, should we, should we, uh, should we save the maiden or should we kill her? You know what I mean? Like getting like totally playing this crowd up. And then he realizes, you know, um, he makes a line about how, you know, the fatal stroke shall fall exactly at the stroke of midnight. And then he, and then he gets the room to start counting down from 30. Oh my God. Uh, Right. Like. They're all kind of, it's like they're all so wrapped it's up like in a frenzy. It. Yeah. yeah like they, a lot some of them have like rushed to the front of the stage, like it's a concert, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's pretty fucking awesome. You know what I mean? Oh man. Because there are there are scenes like that sometimes in movies where um there's something going on and the people don't realize it's real. Like there's kind of like that scene in Scream 2 at the beginning, but this is a really good example of that where you would, in this situation, you would actually be one of those people that thought that this was like part of the fucking show. You know totally, what I mean? Totally. It's brilliant. Based on like everything that had been going on, because everything had been so interactive at that point. Totally, exactly. Like, yeah. 
Well, and then and then so oh my god, oh like, so my Toby's, god. <laughs> so Toby's about ready to start, you know, to plunge the knife, and motherfucking Mark finally gets he finally like gets in like the top window and and he's on like the balcony away from the stage. It's so <laughs> and you know he like screams, gets like you know like like at Maggie, We're at like and seven then, seconds left, and then he just like um, I don't know first thought in his head, he just whips off his belt, slings it around this wire, and just fucking zips down like the wire, like the zip lines down the fucking wire towards the stage. <laughs> yeah, but they do they do something that I didn't expect because I thought. He was gonna like. I thought he was gonna kick come, the dude or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. You think he's gonna like zip down the zip line, like fucking drop kick him or whatever? But no, it was pretty unexpected. So it was. Uh, it was. Which, well, it it plays into Mark's character so far. So like. Yeah, it does. It does. So like, so like in a way, like as he's zipping down, like he, he like. I don't know. He runs into like the the mechanical box that's been that was like used to like keep the mis- to wire the mosquito yep. onto its track, yep. and he just he hits it, and then he just goes like fucking tumbling into like a wall of boxes and debris, and then <laughs> and like the mosquito. Oh, I loved it. The it's mosquito, great. So, like rips, it like rips from its cord and all of its everything that was keeping it there. Um, yeah, and it gets awesome. a, it get it plunges into Toby. Which is yeah. fucking great, and dude. Not only does it like plunge into him, but it's, it has this great shot where you know that the momentum is carried through to where he ke- like. Not only did he get impaled, but he's getting electrocuted, and then it just keeps swaying back and forth. This grand death is getting played out to everybody that's there. It's, it's so fucking cool. cool. It's, it's a really yeah. It's yeah. It it, it 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 was great, you know. And the crowd is cheering this whole time, and it's like. So here's the thing. What's what's interesting about that is because the you know even if they finally realize that this wasn't uh, that this was something real, you know they just watched the, this killer get killed. You know, so it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, they they still watch. Yeah, they just they still just watch somebody die. Like, uh-huh. and to have them like. I don't know. Like, I puts you in this like weird, like, whoa, dude. Like, when will that dawn? As soon as like the police show up or whatever, like the actual authorities show up, will it start taunting on people that like this was a real thing? You know, Mm. I don't know. And like that would be messed up. Like that would really mess with you. I feel like I think it would. I think it would. It'd be it'd be interesting because like because yeah, there's because there's really not much more to the movie after that. Like you you mentioned police and obviously naturally. You know they show up they wheel away some dead bodies uh yeah suzanne and and maggie have a little chat like uh we we don't see any other conversation like it was probably like their conversation just ended suzanne leaves mark and uh maggie embrace and she talks it, it's actually a pretty funny line where she was like she goes uh man you were great you were like indiana jones back there and he's like more like george of the jungle yeah dude. <laughs> watch out for that dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah dude and that, that really is a kind of and he has this cheesy line where he's like where are where, where is she you know she says something like everything's a movie to me yeah. and he goes well well let's make the next one a comedy <laughs> That was like the only real, like, like I said, the only real downside of this movie was, was some of the cheesy dialogue. Yeah, but, but overall, man, this movie was fucking cool. Like, it was, I'm really glad that I finally saw it, and it lived up to like I, 
You know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it was entertaining. It was unique. It was creative. Had some good kills. Had some awesome fucking practical effects. Yeah. It, yeah. I would, I mean, like, honestly, this is a movie I would definitely find myself watching again, you know, 100%. just for entertainment value. It's, it's, yeah. It, it's I've, like a yeah. random 1991 gem, if you ask me. Really? But though. There's there, not there, a lot of, yeah. It doesn't get talked about enough. You know what I mean? No, I've, I've honestly never heard about this movie. Like, okay. and that, that's why it was so like, it was such a good pick for me. Cause I, like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I just wasn't aware of it. And I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I wish I more you. people would get like, would be aware because it's such a, it's such a fun mm. one. Like, like you don't get too invested in the characters. So it's just kind of fun to see what happens to them. Toby, yeah, you're not angry when they die. You know no, I mean? Toby gets, there's like kind of this interesting, like unhinged character. Uh, there's some funny moments. It's set in a, in a, like the setting, like you talked about earlier, being at the theater and everything mm-hmm. is such a kind of interest. Like it's a fun setting to be watching a movie in as well really? as like you know overall the idea of like this like uh, something happening at this all night horror movie marathon was is i don't know you want to almost find yourself there you know oh yeah, yeah. uh uh-huh. yeah. yeah there's so, a lot of cool cool really good elements to this movie and i feel like maybe i don't know i just feel like it's kind of just like it's faded into obscurity you know what i mean if and i feel like it maybe doesn't get talked about maybe because it wasn't like an exceptional movie, but it also wasn't like a really terrible movie to where it doesn't get like discussed in either of those. Like, yeah, that's a good uh, point. Like discussions. I, you know Cause I, I mean? feel like that is like with horror, like the movies that you know the most are like one of those two categories, like totally like really well regarded or like regarded because they're really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, what would, I, what would you, what would you rate this? What would you rate it? Ooh, uh oh my god what, what's the mosquito thing again a proboscis <laughs> i would i would rate this seven no eight gigantic proboscises through the chest out of uh, out of 11 okay um okay i would give it uh i would give it um i'm gonna say uh eight um Eight, uh, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, you stole, I was going to do something with a, a mosquito, oh, shit. Oh, shit. mosquito related. No, you're fine. I would give it, uh, eight, uh, we had to do it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is unrelated to the movie, but eight, we had to do it out of 11. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh my God, dude. Oh yeah. This, I mean, I can't say it enough on this episode. This is definitely one. If you have shutter, definitely find yourself watching this one. Yeah. It, it's, it's worth it. It's only like uh-huh. an hour and a half or something. It's, it's just a fun fucking watch. There's a lot worse things you could do with your time. So. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, all right. Well, Hey, this is, a, this, this has been a solid episode 51. Damn right. We're going to start We're on this back end of 50. We're going to start climbing our way to motherfucking 100. You know it. So keep why keep coming back for more. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, I guess we'll see him on the next one, huh? Yes, we will. Indeed. <laughs>